stand with me today. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to talk to you about obedience. Amen. I am not a dessert type preacher. I'm a meat and meat and and uh, bread type of preacher. Praise God. I uh, I'm not. I, I probably could appease more people if I would be a dessert type preacher. But that's not where revival is. Praise God. That's where satisfaction is. That's where, you know, Jesus did not give the dessert type thing. I want to talk to you about obedience today. And, and that's something that we, we all don't like to hear. Um, I had a, a, I got to tell you this. I had a, a, I was doing a wedding for someone and she got into the part about how that you're not going to use the word obey, are you? And I said, uh, no, I'll use the word submit and just laughed. Praise God. But we don't like obedience. And, uh, but it is extremely important if we want to be close to God. And so I'm going to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13. Now Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed art thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meanest thou this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and lo, of the oxen in which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep of the oxen to sacrifice unto God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay here, and I'll tell thee what the Lord hath said unto me this night. And, he, and Saul said uh, unto him, Say on. Verse 19 uh, talks about some of the things he said. He said, Wherefore Thou didst, thou didst not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. Drop down to 21, Saul puts it on the people. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, and the chief of things which they should have utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord at Gilgal. And Samuel said... Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hearken to the fat of lambs. And 23 says, For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is the iniquity of idolatry. And idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in your spirit, asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move and to be with me. Help me, Lord, as I deliver your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. And I just felt from the Lord that I probably should say something to you. I want you to know I love you all in the Lord. I really love you all. Praise God. When we look at 2 Samuel uh, chapter 15 and verse 1, we will find that Samuel uh, reminded, at the very first part of this, he reminded Saul about what the Amalekites uh, did when they waited for Israel to come out of Egypt. When the Amalekites uh, saw Israel coming out of Egypt, 
Praise God. They got in the hinder part of them where they were weak, and they began to kill them and destroy them. Do you remember the story where Moses' hands had to be lifted up because of the battle? And as long as they, well, that's when they eventually went and fought the Amalekites and almost utterly destroyed them. Praise God. There were many times in Israel's life in the wilderness where they uh, was affected by other nations, and sometimes they were not allowed to uh, travel through their area, or sometimes that they were not allowed to receive something from them, to uh, help them. And later God would say, okay, now because of that you are to destroy them. So Saul, uh, Samuel went to Saul and as king, and he said, I want you to go down, and I want you to kill the Amalekites. I want you to utterly destroy them. And so uh, God told Samuel to tell Saul that, to utterly destroy that. Saul did not kill everything of the Amalekites, praise the Lord. He kept some things, and, uh, and so he uh, kept them, and he came back. Uh, he brought some things back for sacrifices, which, uh, you know, technically, your sacrifice ought to be something that you're suffering from. It's not something, uh, you know, uh, a sacrifice. In other words, amen, you know, it ought to, it ought, your sacrifice unto the Lord ought to be something that you struggle with. You say, well, it's hard for me to give to the Lord. Well, that's the sacrifice part. And so, um, praise God, uh, you know, that's the sacrifice. And sacrifices are good. God wants us to give sacrifices. But God told uh, Saul, he said he wanted all the Amalekites killed and even brought back Agag, praise the Lord, and he brought them back. But in this story, I found that there's about four faults that uh, Saul had in this story. First of all, hey man, a, a, a fault that Saul had that we've got to be careful for ourselves was, and that was the fact that Saul made his own rules. Samuel told him, he says, you are to uh, kill all of them. But somewhere in the mind of Saul, Saul made his own rules, you know. Well, I, I, I'm just going to keep the things for sacrifices. No, God says kill every one of them, praise the Lord. Now, when you talk about man's rules, hey man, you can pretty much get away with some things. But when you talk about God's rules... You know, someone said to me, well, God only said that once in the Bible. And I said, well, God only said, let there be light once and it happened. Praise God. God doesn't have to go over and over and over for the atheists that don't think there's a God. Amen. God doesn't waste his Bible on them. Praise the Lord. He just lets them know I am God. Boom. I am that I am. Boom. And so, amen. Samuel made his own rules. He took the rules of God. Have you ever had somebody look at the Bible and say, I just believe the Bible is the same for everyone. Everybody, whatever they get out of it is what they get. And, and that's just the way. No, the Bible's precise. Praise God. When Nicodemus was told a man must be born again into the water and the spirit, it was precise. Praise God. The problem with Saul was he made up his own rules. He, he just, whatever my rules is. He should have, when he went down there, and that's where Saul got off. That's why Saul did not have a relationship with God, was because Saul was no longer blessed to be king because he made his own rules. We can't make our own rules. And I will tell you this to begin with. 
whoever, even myself, goes contrary to the word of God is wrong. Praise God. It's wrong. You have to be in the Word of God. And I'm going to say something else about the Word of God. You have to be careful because people will take the Word of God and make it sound like it is them personally that's giving you that Word. Praise God. I'll be honest with you. I don't get up here and make the Bible sound like it is my own personal Word. I reference the Bible and I say, this is what the Bible says. Because, amen, you give a man a fish, you teach him for a day, you teach a man a fish, you, teach him, you feed him for life. You give somebody the word of the Lord and it comes through you, then they'll need you. But if you teach them to hear the voice of God and to know the voice of God, then they're able to sustain themselves even if you falter or fail. Praise God. But Saul felt that he could do the rules however he wanted to. Samuel said, destroy. But Saul changed that. By the time he got down there and came back with the fact that I'll at least bring the sacrifices back. All them people thought, I don't have to sacrifice my own lambs. I can sacrifice their lambs. Well, that's not a sacrifice. Praise God. Me using your lamb for sacrifice is not a sacrifice to me. And Saul, praise God, allowed that to happen. Fault number two. He did not stay under the authority of God. Praise God. He got out of the authority of what the Lord had told him. Praise the Lord. And there was a reason for that. Samuel addressed Saul for his pride. He said, you know, you're a proud man. And then he told him, he said in 1 Samuel 15 and 17, and Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own heart, or in thine own sight, was thou made the head of the tribes of Israel. And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinner of the Amalekites, and fight against them until it be consumed. So he says unto him, he said, when you were little, praise God, you fought, you, you was humble in your sight. But he said, now that you're older, he said, you're proud. We've got to get, we got to watch that we don't get to the place to where God's law becomes our law. Praise God. We got to be careful that we don't get in the judge seat, judgment seat. Praise God. And start judging. Because God's law is not our law. Amen. And we, we got to be careful. Because what happens to us sometimes is we get to the place to where we become so successful in living for the Lord. Amen. That we get a little bit of pride with it. Saul got to the place to where he was never under the authority of God. You know, I've often said, and it's a nice example, you can have two children in, in the home and be correcting one and the other, but rise up and try to correct them. And you'd say, no, 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 you're not the parent. I'm the parent. Praise God. 
Saul felt like as if he didn't have to be under the authority of God. Amen. And so, he, he, that was his problem. And then fault number three. He tried, when he, when, when, he, when he was told where he was wrong was, he tried, praise God, to, he tried to justify his actions. You see, when you're proud, you can't be humble. When you're proud, you can't be wrong. So the moment that your wrong is pointed out, the first thing that a proud person goes to is, it's not my fault, it's because of this. It's not my fault, it's because of that. It's not my situation, it's because of that. He would not humble himself before the presence of the Lord. You know, the one thing that's going to get us close to God is our humbleization. The first thing that you get to when you got to the tabernacle in the wilderness was the brazen altar because you had to die there. When you go to the Lord, I just told the Lord back here. I just was talking to God back here. I want to see revival. I mean, I've lived my life in this town to see revival. But I just humbly told myself to the Lord. I said, Lord, I know I have not done everything that I could have to have revival. I'm sorry. There's some things I probably could have been more dedicated in some areas or whatever to see revival. But then I come back and I said, Lord, but revival does not hinge on me. It is your grace that brings revival. I can't bring revival. But that's the kind of spirit that God would want to see out of us. A humbleization. God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done. And it's a healthy sorry. It's not a going to God pleading, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, please forgive me as if God won't. you got to go to him in faith and say, God, I've messed up this week, but I know you'll forgive me. I know you'll help me make it right. Saul would not take uh, responsibility for his actions. It's the people. It's the people. If I would have been there, I would have said, Saul, you need to be the leader. Praise God. He didn't. If, if, if he would have told the people they couldn't have done it, they wouldn't have done it. It's the people. He passed the buck. Same thing Eve did. It's the serpent. Same thing Adam did. It's Eve. You see, when you're not under the responsibility of God, then you pass the buck. You don't take responsibility. It's somebody else's problem. I don't know about you, and I'm not the best of it, but I like the fact that I take responsibility for the things I've done wrong. I just say, yeah, I know I'm wrong. It's cut. It's clear. Let's make it right. Let's go forward. Praise God. I messed up. I'm wrong, let's cut it, let's go forward. It's my responsibility, it's in my control. Saul wouldn't do that. It's the people. It's the people. Praise God. Amen. At first, he tried to justify his actions. At first, Saul was not obeying, he just didn't obey. But then he began to rationalize. It's not my fault. Verse 20 said, and Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. I'm okay. I'm right. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me. 
and have brought Agag, the king, the Amalekite. He's supposed to be dead, but I brought him. He's supposed to be dead. I brought him. It's like the, the woman that the cop pulled over. He said, you didn't stop at the stop sign. I slowed down. You didn't stop at the stop sign. I slowed down. Finally, he started tapping her on the head with his billy club, which you cannot do that anymore, and said, do you want me to slow down or stop? Praise God. King Saul's like, I brought Agag. You didn't destroy him. I brought Agag. You didn't destroy him. We do that with God sometimes. We rationalize what we've done, you know, with God. Praise God. Saul rationalized when we come to the Lord. You see, but the bottom line is you're not obeying. You're not obeying. It's funny. It's like the boy one time. His dad told him, sit in that chair, and he wouldn't sit in that chair. He made him sit in the chair, and the boy looked up at him and said, I may be sitting down, but in my mind, I'm standing up. Praise God. Amen. You know, God wants obedience. He wants us to be obedient. You know, it's amazing that people can live a life where they come to church, they sacrifice with their lives, living for the Lord, maybe even paying their tithes, coming to church, doing the things of God, but they go right back out and they do things that are disobedient to God. And they think, I'm okay because I'm sacrificing. There are churches that live on the concept that you can come to church and sacrifice and give in the offering and be in service on Sunday, but you can do whatever you want to on Monday through Friday, Saturday or whatever. You can live the kind of life you don't have to obey the word of God. All you have to do is sacrifice to the Lord. I give my heart to God and then turn around and do whatever you want to do. I give my sacrifice. My life is the Lord's. I'm a Christian, but I lie, I cuss, I steal, I do whatever. I can commit adultery. Praise God. And not be obedient to the word of the Lord and the things of God. Praise the Lord. God told Saul, he said, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. Not that sacrifice was wrong. His fault number four, Saul does not take the blame. Praise God. Saul would not take the blame. Accepting the fault would submit him to God. God, I'm sorry. It humbles him to God. God, I'm sorry. He would not come back under the presence of the Lord. He would not come back under the presence of the Lord. James says it very well. James says, but uh, James 4 and 6, he said that he giveth more grace. Now, how do you get more grace? Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud. The problem with Saul was he was proud. Remember, Samuel told him, he said, when you was a small man, you was in relationships with God, but now you're a proud person. And because of your pride, 
Amen. You will not get grace. Praise the Lord. James told him, he said, Amen. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil. When you submit yourselves to God, when you come and humble yourselves before the Lord, when you go to prayer, the first thing that you ought to do is go to the altar, brazen altar, and repent. God, I am so sorry. God, I'm so sorry for the things that I've done. I don't measure up like I should. God, I'm sorry for my weaknesses. I'm sorry, Lord. Repent. That's the thing that gets the mind and the heart of God. That's the thing that gets the, the, uh, the presence of the Lord in your life. Praise the Lord. To humble yourselves. Amen. If, I, I kind of wonder how things would have been different if when the Lord would approach Adam and Eve, Adam would have said, God, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I messed up. But what did he do? He never humbled himself. He said it was Eve. If Eve would have said, you know, Lord, my husband's an idiot, but I want you to know I am so sorry. Or Adam's an idiot. I want you to know I am so sorry. I wonder what God would have done. Praise the Lord. But no, what did they do? Adam said, it, what, you know, Eve gave it to me. What did Eve say? Eve said, and once again, you can't have, don't expect control if you don't take responsibility. Praise God. If you're not responsible, you know, don't ask your kids to let you control them if you don't take responsibility of taking care of them. Praise the Lord. And then that works the other way. If your kid's old enough and they don't, um, and they don't let you take control of them, then you let them deal with their consequences. That's their responsibility. Praise God. But what would have happened if Adam would have said, Lord, I am so sorry? But he didn't. Praise God. He did not submit himself to God. He put up a wall and he said, it's Eve. Eve put up a wall, said, it's the serpent. Of course, the serpent's sitting there going, Verse 8 says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hearts, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Praise God. Once again, sometimes we think, oh, I'm sacrificing, I'm sacrificing, I'm sacrificing. But back here behind us, there's a lot of things we're not obeying God in. Praise God. We're not being obedient to God. But we're sitting here thinking, oh, I'm sacrificing, I'm sacrificing. Saul was to the point. You see, here's where it's at. Here's where it's at. It just came to my mind. And I hope that I can explain it very well. Here's where it's at. It's learning to trust God. Learning that, you know what? I really can't figure this situation out. I just have to obey him. I really can't rationalize it. I just have to obey him. Saul should have thought when God came, when Samuel came to him, he should have said in his heart, you know what? God's always right. I'm wrong. 
I'm always wrong. God's always right. It's not like, uh, you know, the husband says, my wife's always right. That's not that kind of deal, okay? It's that God is always right, and I'm always wrong. And the moment that you feel conviction about something, you need to tell yourself, God is always right. The word is always right. The Bible is always right. And I'm always wrong. When I don't understand it, when I can't see it clearly, when it doesn't make sense to me, when I can't seem to comprehend it or swallow it or even be able to accept it, I need to have that release valve in me that says that God is always right. And somewhere I've got to trust him in this. Saul should have said, God is always right. Instead of arguing with God through Samuel, he should have said, God is always right. And I need to obey the voice of the Lord. Praise God. But Saul did everything he could. And that's what happens with us sometimes. We get to the place that we will argue with God and God is always right. When we're wrong, we're wrong and we need to tell God we're wrong. But you see, Saul would not do that. He, would, he's, he just went to struggling to find out that everything was right. Praise God. Uh, do you realize that obeying is actually part of a sacrifice? I thought about this last night. When the Bible tells me to obey something, that's me sacrificing my own self. That's the best sacrifice you can give God. More than money, more than time, more than your desires, more than everything else, the greatest sacrifice that you can give is yourself. Paul understands that because in Romans 12 and 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice. Holy. Do you know what I've learned about holiness unto the Lord? Holiness unto the Lord really isn't about what is holy or not holy. That's not what the big argument's about. That's not what the basis of the argument is. I was talking to someone one time about holiness, and they were arguing with me about holiness unto the Lord. Finally, I stopped and I said to them, I said, if that's not holiness, what is holiness? And they just simply looked at me. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. You don't have a problem with holiness, with what's holy or what's not holy. You have a problem with holiness altogether. You know, it's not so much the fact when people argue about holiness unto the Lord, it's not the fact that they're arguing about that's holy or this isn't holy. If you go back to the stem of that, they just don't believe in holiness whatsoever. And the Bible says we need to submit ourselves unto the Lord, holy and accept, acceptable to who? Not the church, not the people, not, the pe the, the, not to your best friend, unto God. Holiness is a relationship between God and every one of us. Because every one of us is different and we struggle differently with worldly things. So God will deal with us basically on some things, but there are a lot of things that God will deal with us on a personal basis. And we need to submit that unto the Lord. That is our holiness unto God.
That is our sacrifice unto him. Praise God. But our sacrifice is to obey and to do. Praise God. Acceptable in God, which is our reasonable service. In other words, it's not an special service. It's a reasonable service. It would be like, the best way I can explain it is, it would be like there's Sunday morning, Sunday night service, Wednesday night Bible study. You ought to set those ties aside. But there are special days when we have revivals. And if you had something scheduled on that day, then, you know, that's understandable to a degree. And so there's just a special part. And the best way to explain it, too, is when you have a child, he's got his basic chores that he must do. That's a reasonable chore for you. It's not an extreme. You ought to be able to do that. Now, if you do something extra, then that's not required of you. But what he's saying is, you presenting your bodies unto the Lord in a holiness manner is your reasonable service. Praise God. And be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't let this world make you think on how you're to act and how you're to be. Don't conform yourself to this world. Now, on the other side of that coin, we don't do the opposite of what the world does. We don't have to go to the world and say, well, they're doing the opposite. You see, one of the things we all struggle in the church and in Christianity is, amen, as long as we are more holier than the world, then we're holy. Think about it. As long as we're more holier than the world, then we're holy. But we need to say, Lord, how do you want me to talk? How do you want me to act? How do you want me to dress? How do you want me to live? How do you want me to be? Praise God. And when the Lord makes you feel condemned about something, then you need not do it. Because that's your sacrifice unto the Lord. And you are obeying what God has said. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. What? By the renewing of your mind. You see, when I lived in the world, I talked like the world, I acted like the world, I lived like the world. But when I came to God, I began to talk like the Lord, talk like the, act like the world, and live like the world. Praise God. My holiness began to come out of me. Prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of the Lord. You know, we'll all make decisions in life. A man that makes a decision for his mate, he can go and he can find a good one. This is a good one. She, she, he loves the Lord, whatever. Praise God. Then they can find the acceptable one. It's an upgrade. And then they can find that perfect will of the Lord. That's the perfect will of God for me. They love the Lord. They want to live for God. Like for me, you know, I found a wife Praise the Lord that was willing to be in the ministry. She was, had the desires that I had, the needs, you know, the, 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 the things that I had. We worked, we, you know, it was just the perfect will of the Lord. I could have found one that did not want to be a pastor's wife, and I would have had to work through that. But she loved God and lived for the Lord. That might have been a good. You understand what I'm saying today? Praise God. We find that good, perfect, and acceptable, acceptable, uh, and uh, will of the Lord. Praise God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think, now this is more highly of himself. We've, once again, this is going back to the fact 
uh, the same thing that Saul did. He thought too highly of himself. You say, you see, let me just say this. Please hear this. When we come nose to nose with God, we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. But when we obey God, the obedience, we're talking about obedience here today. Now, some live, go through life being led by what their best results is going to be for their actions. Let me just say this, praise the Lord. I could be in a job, I could be in a job, and uh, I could see another job. And this job would be excellent. I would make more money. I might even have the time to work in it that I want to work in it. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But when I go to the Lord, the Lord says, don't take that job. But Lord, it's got everything that I wanted. And I make that decision based upon the fact of the results I'm going to get out of that decision rather than based on the fact of what God, praise God, wants to do for me. Now, I will say, just as a per personal example, you know what we've got here today, and I've got the greatest life that's ever lived. I am just, I'm just, and I, I, every once in a while I say, I hope the devil doesn't hear that because I don't want him going to God saying, you got to do something to him because you're too good to him. But uh, I've got the greatest life, but I want you to know something. When my wife and I first came here with six inches of water in this basement, and this church, the windows were falling out in the house next door, and the first winter we were in that house, there was ice on the inside of the walls, and uh, we were pretty warm, but we still dealt with all that. Praise God. Many people looked at us and said, you're crazy, but we knew we were where God wanted us to be. And some people look at decisions based upon results. Everybody hear me today. Because your future is going to be determined. You've got to know the voice of God. And when God says yes or no. You might say, how do you hear the voice of God? The way that you hear the voice of God is you get all the other voices out of your head. Praise God. And you hear, Lord, I want to know what you want me. And remember, the word of God is like a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. He lets you know what the next step is. Don't worry about the future. Just know about what you're to do right now. Just know that you're supposed to be in church and you're supposed to be listening to the preaching. And then after church, just know you're supposed to go to your cars and go out to eat. And just know that tonight you're supposed to be back in service. Just, just know your next step. But trust God. I never thought we'd see the day where we would be today. But I just knew that I was in the will of God when we came here. Praise God. But some people only make decisions based upon the results of what they think they're going to get. Amen. David. David wanted to build a tabernacle. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. Wasn't it great David wanted to build a tabernacle to God? David wanted to build a tabernacle to God. And David said, I want to build a tabernacle to God. 
And he looked at Nathan the prophet, and he said to Nathan, he said, I want to build a tabernacle unto God. And Nathan said, I can't think of any better thing. God's with you. I can't see a problem with it. David's like, yeah, I'm going to build a tabernacle for God. I've got a house of cedar, and he's in a tent. I'm going to build a tabernacle for God. And so Nathan went home that night, and the Lord spoke to him, and he said, you go back and you tell David he is not building a tabernacle. So he goes back and he tells David. He said, God said, you're not building a tabernacle. Now, on the surface, you could have thought, what are you talking about? Praise God. David, there should be no problem for this. This is a great thing. But you see, it was better to obey than to sacrifice. And David said, I'm not going to be able to do it. Another example was Moses. The Lord took Moses out. The children of Israel needed water. And Moses took his staff. And the Lord said, smite the rock. And he, he smit the rock and water came out. Fed them. Praise God. The children of Israel later. Him and Aaron was out. And once again they needed water. And, and, and God told Moses. He said I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses went up to that rock. And he took his staff. And he smit the rock twice. And all of a sudden God still by the grace of God, gave him the water. But Moses did not obey God. And I struggled with that because I'm thinking all the life that Moses gave as a sacrifice unto God. But because of that, the voice of the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because of this, you will not go over into the promised land. Their obedience was more important to God than their sacrifice. We come to God and we give sacrifices over and over and over again. But I'm telling you, it means more to God that you obey Him. And that you walk with Him. Praise the Lord. Because you see, just like, amen, just like, Saul, Moses, Numbers 20 and 10 says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Now hear ye rebels, must we fetch, must we fetch. It wasn't them that was getting the water out, it was God. You see, just like Saul, instead of staying under the obedience of God, Moses got out of the obedience of God. He did not say, he, you know, because if you're under the obedience of the Lord, then you'll speak as if God speaks. If you're out of it, then you're on your own. Moses was on, Moses and Aaron both. That's why they both got the punishment. Aaron was right beside him. That's right. We're going to bring this water for you. No, you're not. God's going to bring that water for you. That's why as a pastor, I'm not about to get up here and tell you this is my word. This is God's word. I'm not going to bring you revival. I'm not going to bring you healing. I'm not going to bring you any of these things. It's God that's going to bring you that. 
Because I'm going to stay under the obedience of God. I'm going to be obedient to him. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. Praise God. You can sacrifice, but you're not obedient. Moses and Aaron said, we're going to bring you this water out of this rock. And Moses lifted his hand, and the rod smoked it twice, and the water came out. God did bless him. Praise God. And this is why salvation does not come through works. It comes through obedience. It comes through faith. My salvation does not come by what I do. Because, amen, I do it. But it has to come through my faith and grace in the Lord of Jesus Christ. My last scripture, Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Your salvation will come through your obedience in Christ, not anything you sacrifice for him. Your tithing, your giving to the church, your actions, everything that you do is not going to save you. What's going to save you is your obedience in Christ. Being obedient to his word, living according to him, walking according to his word, living according to his ways, walking according to his spirit. Let's stand. Obedience, church. We cannot put it on the back burner of our lives. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your presence.